This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Clap Your Hands Podcast brought to you by Odyssey Sports. Make sure you download that Odyssey app. You get all the episodes first, leave those five-star reviews, especially with the news flowing like it is now with the Sixers. You want to make sure you're uh, subscribed to that. Also brought to you by Sports Radio 94 WIP. And today brought to you by, this is one of the most, one of the episodes I've been looking forward to the most. We're very lucky to have him on. Uh, If you're a listener of this pod, obviously you're a Sixers fan, but on a broader, broader scale, you're an NBA fan. And we have on NBA insider Howard Beck, a contributor currently to GQ Sports, but also just known for his excellent coverage over the years in the NBA. Howard, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. I'm, I'm super excited to talk to you about uh, some topics that maybe aren't very fun, but certainly very interesting. <laughs> always, always interesting with the Sixers. Uh, great to join you, Elliot. Thanks for the kind intro. Appreciate it. Yeah, so let's just let's just dive right into this. Um, kind of like how the Sixers have, div- have dove right into the offseason. Uh, I want to talk to you about James Harden. Um, the current situation that's going on, you know, maybe some broader pictures about how this is viewed around the league. But the latest news, and I'm sure you are up to date on this, James Harden has unfollowed Daryl Morey on Twitter. As we all know, there is no greater diss in the world than unfollowing somebody <laughs> on Twitter. So it does not seem like the relationship is getting any better. He was fined $100,000 by the NBA for his comments, calling Daryl Morey a liar. I guess the first question just to get started for you would be, what do you make of this situation? Like, what, what, what are your takeaways on it? How do you see it playing out? Just what do you think of with the Harden uh, kind of trade saga? Just that it's unfortunate. Um, I would say unfortunate. And with all due respect to, to James Harden, I feel like unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like we have some sense of what drove him to this point. We can divine a few things about why James Harden wants out. But I'm just going to push all that to the side for the moment. It doesn't make sense to me in just the, the broadest strokes. Um, James Harden is the, you know, it, it, the second best player, let's say, key player on a team that is absolutely in the discussion to win the East every year that he and Joel Embiid are together. Um, hasn't been that long yet. But if you are a top-level player on a top-level team, Still making top-level money um, in a major market in 2023 in the NBA. I don't know what else you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, if this is about contracts and promises or perceived promises or value, perceived value, pecking order, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, 
the bottom line to me is this is this is a, a baffling stance by a player who to date still has not achieved what you would believe to be his highest goals in this league and has you know a, a ticking clock you know it's he's 34 in a few days as we speak here today um it, it, time's running out and he's asking to be traded away from the actual MVP, the standing, literal, reigning MVP. I, 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 we, we don't see this often. I thought it was a shock when Kyrie Irving wanted to be traded away from LeBron James eight years ago, seven years ago, whatever it's been now. And, and that, to me, was a shock at the time. Why would you want to be traded away from LeBron James? Why would you want to be traded away from a, a generational superstar potentially the best player in the history of the game. And this one, while on a different scale, strikes me pretty much the same way. At least in Kyrie Irving's case, he won a ring first mm-hmm. and then said, I want to do something different. And he was younger and had the potential to still map out a career where maybe I'm the centerpiece or maybe it's a different situation or maybe I'm just not in this guy's shadow. James Harden is past his prime, clearly on the downside of his career and in his mid-30s. I don't get it. I, re- I, I just don't get it. And if I don't get it, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not trying to be naive here, but I do think to an extent too much often is left for us to just assume or interpret. He has not come out straight out and said why he, he made the trade demand. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. He's not clarified that in the least. So that's on him as to why I personally, and I think many <laughs> others probably, are baffled. Well- what I thought, and baffled is a great word for this, um, you know, a few days ago, Reggie Miller kind of echoed those sentiments that you said of when's the last time, and Kyrie's like probably the best example, a player has demanded away from the current NBA MVP. Like when players ask for trades normally, look at Dame Lillard in Portland. It's because he doesn't feel he can win there. Generally, that's why players will, will, will demand out. Harden has a legitimate chance to win the title in Philadelphia next year. They had a chance last year. As long as they have Embiid, they'll have a chance. If you add Harden to that, you will have that chance. My question for you is, when when Harden was traded to Philadelphia, it was coming off the Brooklyn saga. It was coming off the Houston saga. But uh, Daryl Morey was here the first year, you know, kind of throwing it all together. Obviously, the second year, he has a much better year. How is Harden viewed around the league? Because part of this, I think that the problem is, is, not many teams want him. Like the Clippers yeah. seem to have some level of interest. I think the Sixers obviously have interest in having him on the roster, but there are not five, six, seven teams out there that are interested in signing him. Probably part of the reason he opted in. What's his reputation like around the league currently? And do you got agree with my uh, my sentiment that there is not a ton of interest in teams having him around the league? Yeah, I mean, look, no, the market is not exactly robust for him at the moment, um, partially because of his age, partially because of the stage of his uh, of the uh, of, of the stage of his career that he is currently in, um, and partially just the fact that this is his third trade demand in two years or three mm-hmm. years, and in every case, he's been the catalyst for breaking up something that had some potential, right? Like I, I wasn't a big believer in the Harden and Westbrook alignment. In Houston, but still, you you had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and and some decent players, and he decided it was time to go and time to blow it up. He lands in Brooklyn, and look, I I, I get that one. I I can't I can't really argue with a frustration with Kyrie Irving never yeah. being available, and then you can combine that with the injuries they had, everything. Like I kind of get that, but 
it, it doesn't really matter. At a certain point, the league looks at you for who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the old, you know, you are what your record says you are. Like, same for a player's profile and his standing in the league. He is who, he, who, who we perceive him to be. A guy who seems perpetually discontent with where he is and seems to be putting other things ahead of winning titles. Because if, you know, if, 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 if pursuit of a championship at this stage of his career were the primary goal, he should just stay where he is because yeah. he's one, on one of a handful of teams that have a legit chance, again, with the reigning MVP. Um, there's, he, he might go to a, another good situation. He may go to a, potentially an equivalent situation. And, and uh, you know, I would argue with whether or not the Clippers are an equivalent situation given how much injury volatility that team has. But you're not going to find a, a markedly better situation because anyone yeah. who could give you a better path probably doesn't need you or probably doesn't feel like you'd be the best fit. So there's a lot, there's a lot of problems here. I mean, I was, I was jotting down a bunch of notes before we came on just about um, how to assess his value at this stage. So as I mentioned earlier, he's turning 34 on Saturday. But guards generally decline in their early to mid-30s. And, you know, he's never been a guy who relied on, you know, you know, the, the kind of explosive athleticism that we often associate with, with the all-time great, uh, especially like, say, shooting guard types. We can argue whether he's a shooting guard, point guard. I don't think it matters. But you see it in his free throw rate. Um, his free throw rate this past season was 429. That's the lowest since his rookie year. If you want to put it in free throws per game instead, it was 6.2 per game. That's the lowest since he left OKC. Um, and he was at 11.8 free throw attempts a game as recently as 2019-20. And it, it's dipped down to 7.3, bounced up to 8.2, and then back, then down to, to 6.2. Um, there's the playoff woes throughout his career. That factors into his trade value. There's the, 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 the messy endings with Houston and Brooklyn and now Philly that are going to have an impact on how the league perceives him. That he's worn out partnerships with a litany of other stars um, factors into this. He's still an elite playmaker, led the league in assists, obviously, last season. He's still a really potent scorer. He can still be an occasional number one option, although I don't think you want him as your everyday number one option. But I'm not convinced that, that the Sixers are going to get the star in return that Daryl Morey's hoping for. And I'm not sure that he's getting the boatload of picks either that he would then want to turn into another star. Yeah. But um, And you have to rule out a bunch of teams, right? There's a bunch of lottery teams that have no use for a 34-year-old James Harden. There are rebuilding teams and mid-level teams where he's just not going to push them forward enough. There's teams that just don't need another ball-dominant guard. Um, I I do believe, and I don't know who the teams are. I'm told there's like three or four teams, counting the Clippers, that That are interested in Harden. Yeah, that that would have some interest. Um, I try to scratch out my best guesses as to who might make a run at him. It's not that great a list. I mean, <laughs> I wonder if Brooklyn would would go down that path again. Wow. I, I just I mean, that's just thinking sense, out loud. But you're right. You don't often see a reunion like that. No, but he, he left because of because Kyrie uh, was driving him crazy, and mm -hmm. there was other issues there too. But like, the Nets want to win right now, and they, they you know they could have parlayed. Mikhail Bridges and some of these guys into something else. They could have taken another step back. They didn't. They decided to keep it together. But this is not. It's not a high-level playoff team in Brooklyn. Um, Harden plus the guys they have might be kind of interesting. I'm not saying it's 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 a uh, yeah. likely scenario. Harden and Ben Simmons coming into Philadelphia would be quite the uh, <laughs> quite the quite the matchup to say the least. That would be a blast. Um, Miami, if they miss out on Dame Lillard, is an obvious yeah. one to, to factor into this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the Bulls are going to be missing Lonzo Ball for yet another season, and that's a team that doesn't seem to care about the future at all. They're all just about trying to tread water and, and be decent right now, and they keep doubling down on the group they have. So who knows? Would they throw Harden into the mix with you know with the rest of that group? I, I don't know if they can even make a deal if they've got the assets to do it or could do mm-hmm. it without without trading Zach Levine. But um, Orlando, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it would like, be a weird move for them, but I think it. They could use them, but the, again, I think right. that's what's really interesting about the Harden thing. Not to not to cut you off is like yeah. they're really you only really want him if you're a championship contender, and yeah. if you're a championship can, contender, you mostly probably already, probably already have great guard play. Like there's not many teams that that yeah. need point guards that are competing for a legitimate title. The, the Nuggets don't need James Harden, right? Right? Like yeah. the, the 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 Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks do not, I, I don't think, need James Harden, mm-hmm. and I don't think would make a run at James Harden. Like who? Like that's the problem here. I mean, so I'm so I'm like I'm reaching for like, well, Orlando, they want to make that next step, and they're weak at at, at guard and, and playmaking. Like, okay, what about a one year flyer? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just I think about where it's logical. Like, you know, Charlotte just desperate to be relevant to do anything. Right. Uh, Min- Minnesota would would even fit next to Anthony Edwards, but there's another team that really is is you know. I don't want to say desperate, but kind of desperate-ish. Well, to, and then to also, like, what are leap? the Sixers getting back? Like, I and don't think the they Sixers would take. Back? Yeah. yeah, like you, like Rudy Gobert. You know, like I just don't think there's there's a match there. But what's interesting too is you go through all these teams. The team that needs James Harden is the Sixers. Like yeah. Tyrese Maxey is not proven yet as a playmaking facilitator. We'll see what he can do under Nick Nurse. But Tyrese currently is probably at his best as, as an off-ball guard shooter. You know, scorer in bunches type of guy. Harden came in, made and beat the MVP, or at least contributed in helping him win it. So if we move the idea of a trade off the table, like I agree, there's not many teams. You're probably not going to get much back. The only way he's traded is if it's so ugly that the Sixers are like, we just have to get this guy out of our facility and out of our locker room. You've probably, I mean, obviously covered Daryl Morey for a long time. Um, What do you think about this whole idea of like a backroom deal? He calls him a liar. He's fined because once you accept maybe a trade doesn't make sense or is not going to happen, the next bridge is how are they going to reintegrate him to the locker room, reintegrate him to the franchise? Like, what do you do? You have any theories on where this is coming from? Like, I think there's backroom deals in the NBA all the time, but you don't rare you rarely see it come uh, come across where a player calls a front office executive a liar because there was some type of handshake that he didn't feel was 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 honored. What do you think of the situation between Daryl and Harden right now? I think that there's uh, a lot less known than anybody wants to admit um, for public discussion. I think we're making a lot of assumptions. 
is it possibly about a wink wink deal a year ago about I'm going to take less now and get the payoff in a year? Maybe. Logical to assume, logical to discuss, but we don't know that. We don't know that. If that were the case and it was that knowable, the NBA would have rung up the Sixers to the nth degree by now. Yeah, especially when they already investigated last they year with the tampering with already Tucker. Already investigated yeah. and essentially, yeah. I don't want to say cleared, but they didn't they did not find evidence of or clear enough evidence of the Sixers making that wink wink deal because if they had this would have gone down a year ago there would have been a whole mess and you know people can go look up Minnesota Timberwolves Joe Smith from a, a thousand years ago and, and look at <laughs> yes. how that, that turned out um, different times different commissioner but still uh, the league takes this stuff very very seriously you can't you know if, if they're gonna if they find you guilty of cap circumvention and wink wink deals there's gonna be a price to pay um, I don't think the, the league office, from what I know of the league office, would uh, be going out of its way to do uh, Daryl any favors. So um, I, if, if anything there were there, we would have known by now. So then there's a second investigation this uh, past few weeks or past week and a half, whatever it was. Yeah, that's it's, it's hard to keep the timeline on yes. this. Uh. <laughs> um, also, it's the summer. It's all just blurs together. Exactly, yeah. And this is focused more on... James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar. Ooh, ooh, he called him a liar. Is that because mm -hmm. there was a wink-wink deal that he reneged on? No, according to the to everything that we have heard and everything that, that you know, we've been told. And it's just about the fact that he opted in and said, I want to be traded. And the Sixers said, okay, we'll trade you as soon as we can find the right deal or whatever. And the deal hasn't happened. And then the Sixers make it an, or, you know, ind indicate yeah. through channels that they're expecting to just bring him to camp and that, that that the trade is not happening anytime soon. And that's what sets off James Harden, seemingly. So if the investigation was just about that, oh, now, so so James Harden is the one who gets, who's gets dinged now for $100,000 because that was effect, effectively a manifestation of a public trade demand. At least that's mm -hmm. the way the league sees it. The union disagrees and is, is going to, or is appealing this ruling to an arbitrator. But it, again, the conclusion has to be based on what we have in front of us, not based on what we want to assume or what we speculate or what we think might have happened. Based on what's in front of us, this is not about cap circumvention or a wink-wink deal from a year ago. It's about James Harden wanting to be traded and the Sixers saying, we can't trade you right now or we're not going to trade you right now and we expect you to come to camp. And then James Harden calls Daryl Morey a liar over that. That's where we are. If people want to interpret it other ways, I get it. But that's what we have in front of us. That's the only thing to me that we can go on objectively. And so if that's the case, like, you know, again, I understand James Harden's upset that he hasn't been dealt and specifically to the Clippers, but he created this. If he wanted to leave the Sixers that badly, he could have not opted in. He could mm -hmm. have gone to free agency. He didn't because there wasn't enough of a market, obviously. Um, once he opts in, you are at the mercy of the team that, that holds your contract and of the market, and if the and and the Sixers, and I've said the same thing many times about Damian Lillard and the and the Blazers, although they're very different situations beyond this this top line. But if you want to be traded, and you make a trade demand, and you narrow the field too much by saying I'll only go to Miami, I'll only go to the Clippers, you've hurt yourself because you've hurt the ability of, of the team to actually get the value that they feel they need to save face or to or to simply function. And if the Sixers can't get what they deem proper value for James Harden, then they shouldn't trade him. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's fairly straightforward. And the guy has a contract. 
you can't hold out in the NBA. You, you know, he'll be, he'll be docked pay as Ben Simmons was. And as I think we all know now, there is an obscure rule that has been on the books for a while where if he basically just decides to sit out the season, he can't become a free agent next summer. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of consequences for James Harden if he keeps going down this path. So one worry from Sixers fans has been a potential consequence of this is Daryl Morey's reputation around the league gets, you know, sullied because whether it's true, whether it's not true, we know often that doesn't really matter. Like James Harden, a very public profile, um, you know, knows a lot of the stars around the league that if he is calling Daryl Morey a liar and but in back channels is, you know, saying, hey, like this guy promised me something and he backed off of it. Do you think this will impact the Sixers ability to recruit stars at all? Because next year, it seems currently their plan is to have a ton of cap space next year. Um, I think they'll only have, I believe, Embiid, Maxi, and maybe PJ on the book. So they they are going to have, I think, enough potentially for two max spaces, if not one, plus another decent-sized contract. Do you think this thing, this whole thing will impact the way players or agents view Maury around the league and their willingness to come to Philadelphia? Daryl's always been kind of a polarizing figure, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the league ever since he first rose to prominence with the Rockets uh, back in, whatever, mid-2000s. Um and, you know, he's he's had he's had a lot of success despite that, whether it's trading for guys, you know, signing guys. Um, I think, you know, I thought about this a lot with the Brooklyn situation. Right. You know, Kyrie Irving said some things on the way out. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Harden might have even said some things. I don't remember if Durant said some things again. It's all a blur at this stage. <laughs> but, you know. The Nets made a trade that, that got them Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, they're still, you know, would they, would they be able to trade for that same level of talent or a higher degree of talent if they were in, in free agency right now trying to chase superstars? Would things that were said or perceived about the way Sean Marks and Josiah ran the place, would it hurt them? It hasn't really been tested yet, right? Historically, I think, in the 26 years I've covered the league, I do think some teams uh, suffer for the way that they have operated over a long haul, right? Like the Clippers were a laughingstock for a long time. The Bullets slash Wizards were a laughingstock for a long time. The Sacramento Kings were a laughingstock. And and they were, but it was about players and and their agents looking at a franchise and saying, that place doesn't develop guys well, or that place is really volatile and they're constantly firing coaches and GMs. Um, You know, that place hasn't been good for guys' careers. And I don't think that's the case with Philly. And I don't think that's the case with Daryl Morey in Houston or Philly. Like a sure. lot of, yeah. a lot of, he's discovered a lot of guys. Um, he's, he's helped boost a lot of guys careers. You know, again, you know, James Harden was, a, was a sixth man at the moment that they bet on him in that trade uh, to Houston. Nobody knew what James Harden was going to be. Even Daryl Moore didn't know what James Harden was going to become. He'll say it himself, I think. Um, so I don't think there's any track record of the Sixers and or Daryl Morey adversely impacting guys' careers. And I think that's what it would eventually come down to. Now, would agents look askew because of what Harden says? I think there's going to be some consider the source type discussions, yes. right? It's like when Kyrie lobs grenades at the, at the nets, it's like, okay, but it, it's Kyrie. How many mm-hmm. people are putting how much stock, that much stock in Kyrie Irving's assessment? So um, my best guess, and it's only a guess, is that this will not uh, impact the Sixers' ability to recruit talent but it's kind of a time will tell right situation another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, the best talent they have right now is Joel Embiid. There's been some reporting over the last week, or at least it'd be like speculative reporting, in terms of what's going to happen with Joel. Will he ask out? Teams are monitoring the future with him. You hear Miami. You hear the Knicks. Apparently, some of the Knicks front office was at his wedding. His former agent now works for the Knicks. So um, my question for you is, I guess it would be twofold. One, like, what is your current perception of Joel? Right now in Philly, he's a very polarizing figure. People realize he's great, but also never been out the second round, some injury issues in the playoffs. I think there's a level of built-up frustration with him. So that would be my first question. The other part would be, do you think there's a legitimate shot either this offseason or next offseason, he will ask for a trade or be traded. Yeah, that second one is just impossible to answer, yeah. honestly. I mean, it, it's, you know, you, you never know. Um, I've, I've been saying recently that discussing the possibility of a Joel Embiid trade is both way too soon, but also completely appropriate, right? Yeah. It's way too soon because he hasn't actually asked out nor given any indications that he intends to ask out anytime soon. And from everything that, that I've gathered in recent weeks um sounds like he's okay like i know there was the offhand comment on uh, i can't remember which show it was recently about the you know yeah, it was on a stage doing a speech it was an yeah. interview i believe yeah yeah if i win a championship uh, in philly or, or wherever blah blah uh, all players kind of think that way these days right no <laughs> one's married to a team anymore for the duration of their career yeah. so that he might be thinking out loud like again i understood why people interpreted that one or or you know red flags went up especially given the circumstances right now. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't take a lot out of that myself. Um, so it's way too soon, but it's also not too soon, right? Because there's been enough tumult there the last couple of seasons, the last few years and enough disappointing finishes that it's not unreasonable to think that he might get there, but he's not there right now. Um, are the Knicks, you know, you know, keeping one eye, two eyes, all of their eyes on the situation. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Are yes. they heat? I'm sure they are. Half the teams in the league, I'm sure are. That's the way the league operates. Before Giannis signed his extension, the December or whatever it was before they won the championship, when he did not yet have a championship yeah. or a finals appearance, at that time, before the extension, every everybody was circling like vultures, waiting to see if Giannis might ask out. That's just the way the league works. The mm -hmm. GMs are all vultures. Everybody's, you know, everybody who doesn't have a superstar or two is looking to poach a guy. That's, that's just the reality of the NBA. And so, yeah, everybody is waiting to see if this goes south far. Like, they're all rooting for it. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. They all want to get their hands on Joel Embiid. So to answer the first part of your question, Joel Embiid is an incredible player. Uh, I, I, I always, like, I never tell fans how to feel. But, and I understand when uh, you've got a great player and things fall short, right? I started my career covering, uh, you know, the NBA in 1997 as a beat writer covering the Lakers. Shaq and Kobe were going into their second season together. And, you know, yeah, I watched them rattle off three championships in a row. But the couple of seasons that they didn't win and didn't get to the finals before that, there was all kinds of discontent and concerns and questions. And are these guys compatible? And is, is Shaq really a winner? Is Kobe ever going to figure it out and mature? And they win three in a row and then all that goes away. And then they lose the next year. And all of a sudden it's, oh my God, you know, like there's always some sense of panic discontent um, when you've got great talent that doesn't break through. And you, and you, and 
until the exact moment that they break through. And again, like the, the same thing, like I don't think Bucks fans were thinking that about Giannis necessarily. Maybe they were. But there were questions about whether Giannis could lead that team anywhere until they finally did. I think this mm-hmm. is just the way it goes. Um, Joel Embiid is, is the reigning MVP, two-time runner-up before that, will enter next season as among the favorites to win it again. Like, I, I have no questions and no concerns about Joel Embiid. I, I, I think sometimes it's just a bad break here or there in this league. Sometimes it's, you know, you come up with a bad game at the wrong moment. Um, you know, it, it's, they're, they're going to be tied to him as long as he wants to be there. Well, it's funny you say that because I agree you never want to tell fans how to feel, but I can tell you in Philly they do feel a level of frustration right now. But ultimately I fall in the same place you do. Joel is a top five player in the NBA, arguably top three. Last year he was top one in terms of winning the MVP. And you just don't find guys like that. Like People talk very often about the process. Did it work? Did it not work? The entire point of the process was to get a player like Joel Embiid. They just exactly. they do not grow on trees. So exactly. very much appreciate the time that you have given us uh, today. Um, another thing does not grow on trees is great NBA insiders. And we were lucky to have you today to talk about Harden and Embiid and all these things. I am sure there will be a thousand more twists and turns along the way. Hopefully we can have you back another time to uh, talk about those as well. So for everyone, if you're living under a rock and you don't follow Howard Beck, make sure you follow him on Twitter and all the various places uh, he puts his workout. So, Howard, thank you so much for coming on, man. I super appreciate it. Appreciate it, Elliot. Thanks for having me.